0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Blue Wire. With the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL draft. The Detroit Lions select Pene Sewell,
0: tackle Oregon. He's gonna run it straight in! Jared, go! Come
2: Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkins, yeah! They did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big
0: is that? What's
2: going on, guys? Welcome back to a long-awaited Wednesday night edition of Twitter Spaces. I am your host Tyler, I'm joined by my main guy. As always, Mr. Malcolm Hart Nope here with us today. But Malcolm, how you doing, man? It's been a while. How you doing, man?
1: Yerp. What's going on, man? I'm doing good, bro. How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing good, dude. And I guess let's just get catch down to the rundown. If you guys are really listening to this and you guys are not listening live and probably wondering what's going on uh what, why haven't we really been recording the last kind of couple of weeks and i guess the simple answer is that there just really hasn't you know been much to talk about like i've gotten a dm i've gotten tweeted at saying is the pod even still a thing anymore and like when i saw that you know I saw all those messages i'm like damn like it has been a while and people are starting to notice it's been a while now <laughs> and you know i'm not going to bs and act like something's in the way that we could have been doing this. I mean, we could have been doing it. But to be fairly honest with you, I think we all had a conversation between the three of us, me, Pierre, and Malcolm, and we're like, there just hasn't been that interest right now of football with it being so dead right now. There just hasn't been that itch, that interest of wanting to talk about the lines right now. And that's just the hard truth right now and why we haven't really been recording.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think we all need this little break. This little break, this little time to just, because, I you know, next month, man, we're going to be really, really, really busy with this pod. We, you know, you're talking about the hard knocks. We're going to be recording before and after. And um we're going to have our regular uh, week shows, talk about training camp. I mean, it's going to be a lot going on next month. So I think having this week, two week, three week <laughs> mental break, I think is very much needed, especially in time like this when there's not really much to talk about. So, yeah, man, I, I enjoyed it.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, and not even just next month. Obviously, next month it's going to be hectic in a good way because yeah, you got hard knocks coming through Detroit, you got training camp yep. moving around, and that, yep. that 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 itch of football is definitely going to come back. Like I know some people don't lose that itch of football. I'm not going to lie, after the draft for me, it kind of fades away a little bit. Where I'm like, I, I just need, I need a couple months off football. Like I, I just don't even want to like really even talk about it honestly, and. I don't even want to really see stuff about it. And and that's just kind of how I am right now. And I, I'm, I'm slowly getting phased back into it, just like what Malcolm said with training camp coming right around the corner. we got the regular season just right around the corner. And, you know, I think this Lions season in particular, we've talked about it a lot. There is a lot to look forward to this season because it is a very, very interesting season as far as what to expect this year. No, you're probably not expecting to win an NFC North. You're probably not expecting to make the playoffs this year. But – you are expecting to see, hopefully, footsteps towards the right direction and winning more football games and hopefully building a very good football team and the overall long haul of this team. And I think we've talked about some of the offensive moves that the Lions have done that we really like and um, they're just really following the whole plan of a rebuild right now. And, yeah, so, you know, we decided to come on today, even though, again, there's not really much to talk about like current, there's nothing really new or updated. But, you know, if we could talk some lines football, getting excited for the training camp, getting excited for the regular season, we're, we're down to do that for sure. But I want to talk about something that I saw that was really interesting over the past week when we were in our little football hiatus, but I did end up catching this. And I don't know if you saw this, Malcolm. So I was looking through, or someone tweeted it, and I was kind of caught off guard because you just would never assume this. But I was looking at, the most paid offenses in the NFL. Do you know who the most paid offense in the NFL is? Like just the whole overall unit is.
1: Uh take a guess. Uh let's see. Most paid offense?
2: Like they just invested the most money into this, yeah.
1: this unit. I would probably say. <sighs> Damn, uh, the uh, Cowboys, maybe? The that, Cowboys? That's a good guess. It's the Detroit Lions. <laughs> it's the Detroit wait, Lions. No. Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, it's, wait a it's minute. It's the Detroit
2: Lions. Nah, wait. How? So, How? you really look at it. I mean, they do pay their offensive line. I mean, they have Decker under contract. They have Frank Ragnar under contract. Jared Goff makes a pretty penny right now. It's the Detroit Lions. Uh, the whole entire NFL, the Lions pay the most, most towards their offense? offensive unit. Yeah. The Lions pay the
1: most towards their and, offensive unit. And this unit. is and this is this is a fact. This is true. And this 100%. is a fact. And this is a fact. Wow. And what is your what is your thoughts on this? <laughs> like so, this, this shocked the hell out of me.
2: I was shocked when I first saw it too, because I didn't even really like put two and two together. I'm like, how is this the most paid offensive unit? And then like you kind of break it down. I mean, they pay their offensive line, they pay their quarterback right now. And, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these contracts are not really long term outside of the offensive line, which I think is completely fine because you want those guys long run anyways. But you look at this offensive unit, I'm kind of like thinking, I'm like, okay, we invest the most money towards this offense. What is like the overall ceiling of this offense? And it had me thinking, I've said this. On air, I said it towards the draft um, and when there was like the Debo Samuel rumors, I said like I think if you get one more guy into this offense, I think this offense could be really, really good and obviously get a quarterback that I really like and <clears throat> golf is not that guy, unfortunately, <laughs> but um, it had me thinking like what is the ceiling of this offense and I think it could be a really good offense. I really do think it could be a good offense with what we saw towards the end of the season. With Dan Campbell getting a lot more justice to play calling once Ben Johnson helped him towards the last five games of the season, and now you're really adding a whole offseason with that, adding essentially the same exact team that you had last year at least offensively. Adding DJ Shark, who is a good proven receiver. He was injured, but when playing, he's has been very solid, and you added arguably the best rookie wide receiver in in the draft. And you might not see him necessarily week one, but you hopefully plan to see him at some point during the season. I think as latest as probably week seven, week eight, that's probably the latest we'll see Jamison Williams. And other than that, you brought back the whole unit. And I know overall the offense was very stinky throughout the whole season, but singling, you know, like singling in all those last five games where Ben Johnson was, helping more in the offensive play calling and Dan Campbell gets a whole nother year uh, to, you know, a crack at this offense. It, it had me thinking like, what is the ceiling of this offense and wh- what do you think it is, Malcolm?
1: I think, I mean, I've been saying this all along, I man. I think this offense could be really good unless, you know, Jared Goff stinks it up. I mean, I think it's, it's really on his shoulder because everything is there. I know everybody talked about you know, Jared Goff is a very average quarterback and he has to have everything built around him. Well, guess what? <laughs> you even just said it. We are the highest paid offense in the NFL. So everything is built for it. everything is there. Like he has a tight end, he has a, he had two receivers. Three he had three receivers. Um he has, you know, he has two good capable running backs. He has offensive line. What else do you need? What else do you need to have success in the NFL? So it's really on Jared Goff's shoulders. I mean, Jared Goff, it depends how he plays. I mean, if we see the first, I mean, if we see the last five weeks of Jared Goff and he plays like that throughout the whole season this year, we can have a you know a very, I would say a very unexpected season because nobody's really given us much expectations. Yeah. But I think we'll definitely overachieve if Jared Goff plays at that level the entire season. So yeah, man, I mean, when you told me that information about us having the highest paid offense, I'm just like, does the expectation change knowing that we are the highest paid offense in the NFL? I think
2: it does. Like, I think it really, like, I I knew there was obviously a hot seat on Jared Goff this season. Like he has to, it's make or break. There's really nowhere around it, no way around it with, with Jared Goff. It's like, he either has to be the guy or he's not going to be the guy. And I think we're going to get that, that question answered by the end of the season. But I do think, it could be a complicated question around the fan base for the end of the season. Like, I I just feel like we kind of know what Jared Goff is going to be, but I, I could see it being a complicated question because, like you said, they have the pieces around it, and I just in no world see Goff having any any point where he was last year in that beginning of the year. Like, you know, what we saw last year in the beginning of the year with Jared Goff, I just I cannot see that happening at all at any point. During this season, I, I, ju- I just can't see it happening with this team. I think we're more prone to see what we saw towards the last five weeks of the season more than what we saw in the beginning points of the season. But I'm going to mix in with that. I don't think you'll also see as a consistent what we saw those last five weeks throughout the whole 17 game season. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a mixed bag, but I don't think we'll ever be as rock bottom or as low as we were last year in that beginning of the year where the offense could even move the ball. I mean, the run game was always productive, but as far as the passing game, they could never get anything going under Anthony Lynn's play calling. And um, I, again, I, I just never see it getting to that point. But I think mixing in what we saw the last five weeks and then maybe a little lower than that, I think that's a more fair expectation. And then I think that's going to put fans in a pickle of, like, is Goff the guy going forward or should the Lions take the leap of faith and maybe try to upgrade that position?
1: We talked about that we talked about that man I mean oh we, we know he probably doesn't have a shot to come
0: back We're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: We'll we'll see, man. We'll see how he plays this year. I just, I don't think there's much of an excuse that we can say that. No, there okay, isn't at all. Why? Why is this offense not clicking? You know, I think everything is there. The offense should click. That there, there's no excuse, unless, yeah. like I said, unless Jared Goff stinks it up.
2: It's not like you're bringing in a new play caller because you're not. You're bringing in Ben Johnson, uh, who technically was not the offensive coordinator. Like, the, he didn't have the title of the offensive coordinator. But I think towards the last five, six games of the season, like, once Dan Campbell started to lean more towards him, I think he kind of took the offensive coordinator duties without being the technical title of an offensive coordinator. So, like, it's not like you're seeing a new face at the position uh play caller i know we don't really know necessarily who it is right now it could be dan campbell it could be ben johnson we don't know the answer to that right now but regardless it's going to be a familiar voice it's going to be a familiar scheme and as far as the faces that they brought in you brought back essentially everybody back that you had on that unit last year and you upgraded like yes you brought in dj shark yes you brought in jameson williams everything else is pretty much the same around that so as far as familiarity you have that. You have a very familiar offense. Uh, you have guys you're familiar with, especially in the back. Uh, you know, the uh, the backfield, offensive line, and um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how these guys end up clicking in year two because we did see the connection towards the end of the season, even with a lot of injuries to the squad. You did see the connection with the offense getting a lot better. You saw a guy like Amon Ross and Brown really emerge into the scene towards the end of the season. So it's going to be interesting to see. What's in, in play for this team in, in year two of the Dan Campbell, Jared Goff kind of experiment.
1: Yeah. And now we talked a lot about the offense. Let's jump into the defensive side a little bit. I, I have a question about the defense. I want to know what's your thoughts on this defense, because I know last year we had, I would say, a terrific defensive coordinator in Aaron Glenn. And, you know, we use this use, you know, he was a great, he's a great coordinator, but he didn't have the pieces yeah. to do much. Now we have somewhat of a pass rush. Um, we have a lot of guys coming back off injuries. We got Jeff Fukuda, who's looking to be a, a productive corner in the NFL. Um, we still have all these guys at corner. Um, what do you see with this defense? Do you think this defense will improve? Um, do, will this be the weak link of the team? Or do you think this will be you know, a very balanced team? you think the offense will be good and the defense will be solid as well? What was your thoughts? Do you think the defense is going to hold this team back?
2: So I, I see where the optimism is with the Lions defense and just the Lions kind of going forward to the season. Like I, this is uh, this is where I could see the team being a kind of sneaky team, especially in a weaker NFC conference. Um, you have some really good teams, the NFC like in the top heavy. But I think as far as the depth of the conference, I don't think it really competes with the AFC like you look at people making playoff predictions, I think you could look at that six, seven wild card spot and you're probably like, okay, you could flip-flop those teams and maybe a team that you didn't expect to be there could be there. And I think that team, I'm not saying it's going to be them, but I could Say see it being the Lions, you know? Say it, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, we saw last year what Aaron Glenn did with I think a, a very less deprived, talented defensive unit. And I think you can make the argument – that that defense in a lot of games even though the statistics will not back it up if you just look on the naked eye watching the games watching every play i think you can make the argument that the defense gave the lions offense many opportunities to go win a game um just look at week three versus baltimore the defense really held their ground um you look at that game versus cincinnati even though the scoreboard looks terrible the first half I think they held the Cincinnati Bengals to like seven or ten points in that game.
1: I think it was six. I think it was something like ridiculous. I think it was like a field two field goals or something like that.
2: And and, and you factor in that Jared Goff, I think netted like two yards of average that first half, and like yeah, that offense, bad. like they get they got nothing going. And yeah, they had some games like San Francisco where they gave up a bunch of points, or they had games like Philly where they gave up a lot of points. Those games are burnable. Like you're not going back to those games, but I think you could look back at many games that in, in that year. And look at the defense; they gave you a legitimate shot. A lot of games, they gave you a legitimate shot to win the game, and they didn't have the talent that you're really like, oh, "Wow, like who, who's the guy on that line's defense last year?" There really wasn't nobody like that's like you're circling. Like Pierre always says, "Who's the guy that's going to make you, uh, you know, not sleep overnight to kind of game plan for this guy?" And I think as of last year, you didn't have a guy on defense, and I, I think right now you. Don't necessarily have that guy right now, but you have potential of guys that could do that. I mean, I think a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, you took at pick number two, uh, where a lot of people thought he is the best player in in this draft, and you landed him at pick number two. He could be that guy potentially. Now, that's a projection. We don't know that because he hasn't even taken a snap in the NFL. But Aaron Glenn had less on this lines defense. And it kind of again like that lines off or like that lines offense, you brought back a lot of these guys back, and you're getting another year with familiarity. And I think you have to also factor in these guys are super young. Like they they, they could get better. Like Levi Onzarike was kind of a non factor. His rookie season I mean he was a round two pick. He could be a more of a factor this year. Aline McNeil was really good in his rookie season. I mean he could just get better. Um, Derek Barnes was kind of an up-and-down rookie season. It's going to be interesting to see what his role on this team is. But other than that, you brought back the whole squad and you added some more young faces. You added arguably the best defensive player in the draft. I I think it's not going to be a top unit by any means, but I think they could hold their grounds and be you know, not, I wouldn't even say the word good, but maybe like, okay, solid.
1: I think they could be that this year. Right, I mean, so you think this defense could be solid? I mean, I think the same thing. I think the defense really could be solid. And the, 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 what made me think that this defense could be solid is just how they played last year. You just look at the guys they had on the field at some some place. Um, Seeing Will Harris at corner that scared the hell out of me when I first saw that. Yep, like I, I was like when I saw when I saw twenty five out there, I was like, wait a minute, why why is he playing corner? <laughs> but he played solid. It's like Aaron Glenn was able to. Grab guys and get the best out of those guys. So that's why I really liked to see from that defense is that, you know, he was able to get the best out of those guys. So looking at this team right now, I think we're going to have a really good underrated team defensively. I think our front four, they're going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. I'm really, I know you're saying, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is a rookie and you don't want to put that much pressure on him. And no, Aiden Hutchinson is a second overall pick. He's going to come in and do what he needs to do. He, You know, he needs to come in and do what he needs to do. He needs to come in and be an instant, an instant impact to the team. And that's why they drafted him at number two overall. And I think he will. You know, you mix him with Aaron Glenn, they're going to get the – Aaron Glenn's going to get the best out of Aiden Hutchinson. You know, you saw him in college last year. You thought he was phenomenal. Aaron Glenn's going to take him to another level. I, I guarantee you, Aaron Glenn is going to be able to tap his, his potential and take him to another level. And another guy we're getting back at Romeo Cora. Romeo Cora's gonna come back. And he's gonna be on the other side. So I think Romeo Cora seeing more one-on-one opportunities is gonna be a, a bigger impact than he was when he was being double-teamed damn near every play when he was on the Detroit Lions last year and the year before. I mean, last year he didn't really play too much because he got injured. But the year before, you know, prior, when he had his 10 sacks, he was getting double teamed every every damn near every play. But he's gonna see more one-on-one opportunities. I think our front four, you know, we watched this in the past where we saw a Detroit Lions team and then like the quarterbacks just had all day. I don't think that's going to be the case next year. If that happens. I'm going to be really disappointed because they, they did everything right, you know, um, in the off season to fix that. And I just don't see that being an issue going forward. I think they're going to be able to put pressure. I mean, they don't have to necessarily even blitz that often, because I think this with the front four. They could put pressure on the quarterback and that's going to make the whole team better defensively. So Yeah, defensively, I think they can hang with the offense. And I think both units, I think, are going to be solid.
2: Yeah, I think the thing that's tough to project right now with this team is because it's easy to project right now when you got everyone on paper right now. But you got to always factor in. You mentioned that Romeo Carr missed most of the season last year. Like, there's going to be an injury, and it happens to Every single team, it's just how lucky or how unlucky are you as a team? And it seems like the Lions usually fall under the unlucky uh, part of the the scale, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what would hurt the most is if like somebody like like Aiden Hutchinson goes down.
2: Yeah, that
1: would, that would suck. That was stout. That, that, that would suck. You know, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to put that out there. You know, my bad. If, you know, I don't want why you say, "Oh, Malcolm Jenkins," if something happens to him. But that that would be worst case scenario. I think we have guys that come in. If something, if Romeo Corr is not ready or he's not playing to his level that he needs to play, we have guys that could play. Charles Harris played very at a high level last year. You know, he's one of the guys who Aaron Glenn was able to tap into his potential and get the best out of him. And, you know, you could just, you know, something happened to Romeo or Romeo is not playing to his standard right now or or he's injured. You he could put Charles Harris right there. And then Charles Harris would bring that into production. So I think the death on the front four as well it's very good it's very 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 good
2: and that's where you could be a little more optimistic because like that's something you could never say with this lion's front is that first it wasn't really good in their starters but second is like if one of these guys went down there's really no hope at all of getting pressure but like you mentioned you brought in aiden Hutchinson, you brought back charles harris and you got to also factor in Brad Holmes used a second round pick on Josh Pascal this year too.
1: Oh, that's, a, that's uh, another guy. That's yes.
2: just a, that's just another edge rusher you're adding to the pile of guys that you have.
1: Yeah, and they 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 think really highly of him. I think he could come in next year and have a very productive year. I don't think they're gonna baby or or you know put the training wheels on him and baby his his way in. They're gonna they're gonna play him. It was it yeah. second round pick? Second round pick. Yeah, absolutely. He's gonna, they're gonna play him he's going to get a lot of burn. You going get a lot of off, uh, defensive plays, man. So I can see him being productive as well, man. That dude's a monster.
2: Yeah, so, like, you have multiple guys. And, yeah, Pascal is not, like, an Anzirike situation where, like, Anzirike is coming from an injury and you're kind of redshirting him. Like, Pascal is, as of right now, is healthy right now, and he's ready to go. So if everything is projected, everything's good to go, um, coming to the regular season, like, everything clears out through training camp and preseason – like, there's, I don't see a reason why he's not having a role in this team. Not saying he's going to be a starter necessarily day one, but like having a role in this team, I think he definitely gets a, a good amount of snaps in games, especially early on in the season.
1: Yeah, man. That's, a, I think the front four is the rock of this defense. They're going to get things rolling, man. I, I, I love what they did there. Love the, their picks, the guys who they brought back. They, they really did a really great job with that front four. They did something that, you know, we've been struggling to fix for the longest since Obama sue. And I think they, I think they got it right, man. If this doesn't work, man. Damn near nothing's gonna work man. I mean, <laughs> This is it. <laughs> this, this, this is it. So, this is so, it. This doesn't work, man. I mean, shit. Does does it say that we're never gonna have a, a pressure or a front four? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we talk about it every single week. We're watching other games around the four o'clock Sunday night window. You know, primetime games, whatever Monday night, Thursday, whatever, right? We're always in our chat. Every single game, I feel like we're talking about, like, man, look at that team getting pressure on the quarterback. Why can't the Lions do that? Why can't the Lions be like that team? Just, like, getting to the quarterback instantly. Like, why can't we be that team? And hopefully, hopefully, I think we saw a glimmer of hope of that last year a little bit. you hoping with adding a guy like 8-800 that could really, really take that to the next level and really improve this pass rush.
1: Yeah. Now, we talked about the front four. What about our secondary? What do you think about Jeff Okuda, man? Do you think Jeff Okuda is going to come back this year and have a bounce back year and play his ass off and play like the number, what, the number three, three. Pick? three. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's that's tough. Do you, I, think he, do you think he could be? He could play at that level?
2: I don't think he's ever going to be lived up to the expectation of the number three pick. let's just throw that out the window right now. I don't think he'll ever live up to the expectation of being the number three pick. But could he be a guy that? Could be a productive starter? Could he be a solid player? I mean, why not? Why can't he be that player? He has all the intangibles. He has all the talent to be that guy. Uh, The thing with Jeff, I mean – Is durability? I mean, what I what do I always say? What's your best? What's your best ability? Is your availability? And frankly, Jeff Okuda, the last two years has just not been available. And when he's been available, granted, in very very bad situations. I mean, his rookie season was with Matt Patricia on an island, on cover one, guarding guys like Devontae Adams, guarding guys like DeAndre Hopkins. Very tough circumstances, especially for a rookie. And then last year. You're hoping to see what he could do with a new defense, a new play caller with Aaron Glenn. He gets hurt week one. He tears, he ruptures Achilles. So, I mean, Jeff Fakuda just has not been available for this team. So, it's really tough to project to like, what are we going to see out of this year? Does he have the talent? Does he have all the intentions to be a good corner in this league? Absolutely, he does. But, I mean, if you're not on the field, you could be the best player in the world. I, I, I don't care. Like, you have to be available. And I know he can't control that. I know he can't control not getting hurt. But it's just, that's the business. If you can't stay healthy, I don't care how good of a player you are. I don't care how much talent you have. It's just, if you're not available, it's not important to me. So, I I, want to see Jeff Okuda be available this year before I talk about what play we're going to see out of him. Because I think if he's available, I think he can be a good player. I really do. But I need to see Jeff Okuda be available this year.
1: Let me ask, Is when, when do they offer him his fifth-year option? Is it next year they, they could decide if they want to give him the fifth-year option? or Yeah, is so the
2: he, this, is, this is his third year right now, and then next season, they're going to have to make the decision if they're going to want to pick up that fifth-year option or not. And I don't think by any means or any stretch that they imagine this is a slam dunk, Jeff is going to get his fifth-year option to pick up. By nowhere, any means, is that a slam dunk. I think it's a very wait-and-see, what is he going to do this year? Could he be available? Because I think if a uh, if Akuda suffers another significant injury where he has to be out for a multiple of weeks, like, do you want to keep doing this? Do you want to keep running this back? Like at that point, it just might be time to just, you know, cut ties and look for a new new option and just let him get a new start somewhere else wow. and, and, just, and just start somewhere else. I, I think that would be very fair. I mean, he has to be available, man.
1: You, you, this is crazy because I was going to ask you that. I was going to say if, if Jeff Okuda comes in next year, and you know, after like week three, he tears his ACL, out for the season. Will he be back in the following year?
2: I think absolutely. And you
1: and you say no. Wow. I mean,
2: well, well, he'll be back for year four, but I don't think they'd pick up his option.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think this team has options, and that's the thing that's kind of really not playing Jeff Okuda's favor. They have guys that can start. Um, Jerry Jacobs, you know, a guy who was undrafted last year and came in and played at a high level when his number was called. Jerry Jacobs, and he's, he's coming off injury as well, but when he was on the field, he played his ass off. You know, he was a guy who we thought Jeff Kula could come in and play like when he came in. Yep. So Jer- Jerry Jacobs out there, then we got Iffy. Yep. If only Malafanu. You know, he's another guy who they drafted. This is their guy who they drafted. And they drafted him in the future so he could start in the future. And He's there. So if something does happen to Jeff and one of those guys come in and they play at a high level, yeah, Jeff is out. I don't I don't see him in even on the team next year, especially those guys come in and play at a high level.
2: Yeah, no, he could be very, out the door. It's very possible. Yeah, maybe look for a trade or I mean, if he suffers another injury, like a significant injury, like what even is his value at that point in the league? I mean, the guy would have played, you know, how many games in three years, right? Like what, how many games has he played right now in two years, like six, seven games, maybe a little more.
1: Maybe, maybe that, that's, that's a good number. I would say,
2: let me check. Maybe. Or not. I'm just curious. Like, I don't like, you, I don't think he's played 10 games, right?
1: Uh, he, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking probably at, you know, people will get pissed, but this point he, he's probably going to be worth If he gets injured next year, he's probably gonna be worth a fourth or a fifth round pick.
2: That's even generous.
1: Honestly,
2: <laughs> if if,
1: uh, if three injuries and, and, and his production, he played, Yeah, he's played, ex- I mean,
2: he's played, he's played exactly 10 games.
1: Yeah, ten games. It's tough, man. I gotta see how. I mean, you got to see what he does next year. But yeah, if he does, if he gets injured early in his like season, I want to be shocked they got a fifth for him. If they got anything less than that, I'd be like, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> I, I I think also with Akuda, take out the injuries because like you can't project that obviously. But take out the injuries, like if we see what well, we saw week one of Jeff Akuda last year. Granted, it was only one game. And it was Debo Samuel, and he made him look absolutely silly. But if we see like that more constantly out of Akuda, because it's one thing to project the guy is going to be good, and then there's the second part, like we actually have to see it on the field. Frankly, we just haven't seen on the field the Akuda yet. There's not a game I can really look back and like look at this Jeff Akuda game. Like that's the potential you're looking at right now. What we're looking off right now, what people are jizzing over right now, are training camp videos of him playing football at his at his local high school, probably. (laughs) <laughs> doing training videos that's the that's the, that's what people are going off right now oh, honestly man.
1: You, know, you know what and this is coming from a person who did not want jeff Okuda. i mean everybody that everybody that listens to this pod and they listened to it for a long time they know malcolm hasn't been the best jeff akuda fan on the planet okay it's not anything about jeff akuda it's just i i knew when we drafted him it was going to be a situation like this, as far as like his production and how it's going to come in. But I'm going to say this though: you look at how when he played his best football, he played his best football in college and his college. But at Ohio State, they had probably the best defensive line on the on in the nation. Okay, you know they had Chase Young who was playing out of his mind, and Jeffrey Cooper playing a high level. You know, and I really do think if this defensive line plays well. They're playing and like what I'm expecting them to play. I'm expecting them to play well. If they can play well, they could put pressure on the quarterback where Jeff Okuda's not just chasing guys all around the field and doing all that and he could just have to just jump routes. The corners are gonna play better. I mean look at San Francisco. You look at San Francisco 49ers. Who are their corners? Who are those guys? <laughs> you know, yeah. who, your boy from Michigan? Um Ambry. Yeah. Thomas. Ambry Thomas was fourth round pick. It was a fourth round pick, right? I think late third, yeah, late third, late early third? fourth, something like that. I mean, they're not—they're playing with nobody, but with all that pressure, this is—I'm telling you. And I played corner. When you play corner, yeah, you your your front four to be able to put pressure. You're not doing much chasing. All you're doing is jumping routes. You can jump those 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 hitch routes. You can you jump those routes, and you're gonna play better. You're gonna be able to make be able to make plays. So I think Je- this will be Jeff Okuda's best chance if their front four is playing at a high level. Jeff Okuda could play well. And also, you got to factor in his health. He he has to he has to be on the field to play well. So it's all depending on his health and the front four. The front yeah. four could play. The front four could get pressure on the quarterback. I think this could be a bounce back year for Jeff Okuda. Absolutely,
2: no, and I and I definitely agree with that. Like I, I'm not I'm not counting out Jeff. I'm just saying what we've seen out of Jeff, th- there has been nothing right now.
1: There just hasn't so far, yeah. So, so far, it has been nothing because I mean, you're factoring in him chasing, having to chase guys all around the damn field, and, yeah, no.
2: And I told you, and, ter- ter- and- terrible situation in 2020, <laughs> and then he played Week One, which I mean, that was Week One. It was Debo's, not not even that it was just Debo Sam. It was Week One of you know a, a new regime. So like, that's not really fair to to criticize him, but you know, he just wasn't on the field for the rest of the season to see what he could do throughout the season. I thought last year was been a huge year, and I thought. Last year, we could have saw those steps taken forward with Jeff. And I think you would have saw, like, what you saw to Jerry last year and uh, Amani. And, like, you know, you saw corners played really well with this team last year. I think we would have saw that out of Jeff last year if he played. I really do. I, I don't think we would have saw many games like we did week one. I think we would have saw a, a much improved Akuda, but we didn't get that opportunity because he got hurt. So now we're – you know, flipping the book, and it's it's this year now is that opportunity, but J- Jeff has to earn it, dude. I mean, now that there is more competition, like you mentioned, those guys once he was out, they kind of took that opportunity. There wasn't like we weren't really like oh we miss Jeff akuta right now. Like I don't I didn't say at any point during last year oh I miss Jeff akuta right now. Like I, it sucked for him, obviously.
1: Why the hell would you?
2: I mean, yeah, not, <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to be rude. What I'm saying like, but like those guys played really well. Jerry played really well. If Fatima Afonu in limited time played really well. So there wasn't like a time where like, wow, I miss Jeff. So Jeff is not just coming in here and, and going to be the savior right now. He has to kind of go back to his rookie season and in square one. Like you have to earn the starting spot right now. Like I don't think it's it's a given that he's going to get that. The only guy that earned that spot, in my opinion, is Amani O'Rourke. He's Woo! the only guy in that cornerback room who's earned a starting spot. Other than that, it's an open competition at nickel. It's an open competition on the other outside corner spot. And I think that's something that it's going to be really fascinating to watch uh, during training camp in the preseason.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. But the thing is, I'm, I'm going to say this, man. Um, there, There's no reason why Jeff Kula can't play well. I mean, if, if Will Harris, if they could put Will Harris at corner and have him play like a damn near corner, <laughs> there's no reason why Jeff Kula cannot go out there. Play at a at a high level, and I just want to bring up another guy who we haven't mentioned at corner, who is going to be another competition for Jeff Okuley. That's Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes last year played out he played really well. He played really well with uh, Kansas City, so he's going to be another guy they're going to be looking at that that yeah. that could be out there and, and could steal that job. So he's definitely going to have to earn it, definitely. So that's why I think he could play at a high level is because it's not given to him. He's going to, have to beat out guys.
2: No, I agree. I, and I like I'm not trying to dog on Tuda. I really not. I think no. he could be a good player. I really I like I think the talent's there. I think talent wise, he could be like a really really good corner for this team. And like, you know, you could even make the argument like just going off pure athletics and stuff like that. Like he has maybe the best stuff in the cornerback room potentially. Maybe behind Amani, I would say. Like I, I think he has really like I think he'd be really really good as far as a player. He just has to be available for this team. And I think if he is available, again, it's a projection, but I think he could be a guy that we're looking forward to, and we can look at a very nice one-two combo with Kuda and Amani potentially if, if the Lions can get that deal with Imani done this year.
1: I was just about to bring it up, man. Amani Warrior, man. He is. I love his. I love his play. He is a playmaker, man. Like that interception he had against the against the Cardinals that was, was probably amazing. one of the best interceptions I've seen from a DB. In Detroit, probably since Glover Quinn, the the sliding interception he had in Tampa.
2: I have a question for you, Malcolm. Um, What's up? You, you mentioned all these young corners that we have. You, you mentioned guys like Jerry. You mentioned guys like Malafonwu uh, and Akuda, too, obviously. And Amani isn't on contract year right now. Is it in your best interest that the Lions, like, have to get a deal done with Amani or where, like, they have to extend this guy? Or is it we're going to have Amani this year and we're going to maybe hope on some of these young guys could potentially take over the helm of being the starting corners. Or is it like we have to get Amani's deal on this, this year?
1: This is a very, very, very tough question, man. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I really believe unless he plays out of his mind and probably gets like a pro bowl or all pro, I think they're going to move on from him because his market value, his market going to be really high. I think he could, probably get a big contract and actually he has six interceptions to say next year he gets seven interceptions you know he's gonna his market his his the market is gonna be high for him yeah so i mean do you want to pay Amanio warrior top corner dollar to keep him on the roster That's who will tough. be
2: 27 years old too
1: he'll be 27 yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't mind that You give him a three-year deal, but that's if he's playing out of his mind, you know. That's the only re- that's the only way I really think they'll do it. But like, say if he has the same season like last year, he has six interceptions. I still think the market for him is gonna be too high for Detroit because I think he could still command top dollar. Six interceptions, back-to-back years. Uh, yeah. It's tough, man. Especially they have guys that could play that role. I don't know, man. I think they, unfortunately, Amari's my guy, man. Amari War my guy. You know? Yeah, it's tough. Because I think they do move on from them
2: though. It is tough because, like you mentioned, it's like you could get by with okay corners or even like mediocre corners if you have the pass rush because I think that's the most important thing, obviously, in the defense. We talk about this all the time. The most important of a defense to get it going is getting that front, far, right. And if the Lions can maybe use more resources to that front seven rather than using the resources to the back seven, and you could still get – Maybe not as good a production as Amani, but you could get good you could still get solid production, you can get good production and still improve the team in general. I, I I could see that as well. I could see the Lions potentially moving on off a guy like Amani. He goes in the open market, he gets a contract somewhere else, and the Lions roll with the guys. And I think that's fine. I, I don't know if we necessarily have a guy that will be as good as Amani has been for this team because I mean Amani has been so impressive. I mean, he has dealt with He's dealt with not a good front four in his his career in Detroit, and it's just never been an excuse for this guy. Like he's been good in every situation that he's been asked for, and I guess you ask the question like, why do you get rid of a guy like that? It's just if you can get good production out of your DBs because your front four is applying pressure, and you could use that money towards other resources, like maybe towards a future quarterback potentially, or maybe towards that offensive line or towards the receiving core or whatever, right? Or even towards that defense, whatever, right? Like, you could use that money somewhere else. Maybe that's more useful than having a really good corner. It's a tough topic because Amani's been so good for this team, man.
1: Yeah. They didn't draft uh, Ifanu Malafanu in the third round for no reason. I'm going to tell you that now. They didn't draft him for no reason. They kind of predicted this situation happening, that, you know, a a situation where they could move on from um, Amani if things don't play well, or maybe even Jeff. But I, I just don't, unless he has a phenomenal year, he's playing like, all right, you're putting Imani Wari in the top 10 cornerback conversation. If you could put a Wari in the top 10 cornerback conversation next year, I think he could force Detroit to say, look, man, I played at a high level, pay me.
2: Could, could it go the other way around? And Brad Holmes, maybe the lines are not, you know, performing like maybe they're not going to be a playoff team, or like you know they're kind of far away from the race, whatever. Maybe Brad Holmes does a little retooling, takes advantage of that to a team that needs a corner, gets a
1: high pick for Amani potentially. That's that's the question. That's if things you know. Shit hits the fan, <laughs> and things are not going well by trade deadline. Yeah, something like that could definitely happen. You could probably get a third for Armani at that point.
2: Yeah, I mean you got a third and a fifth for Slay. Granted, that was in the offseason. Um, and Slay
1: was, Slay was, what, 29 at that time? And
2: Slay was 29 at that point, yeah. And, and same situation. It was due for an extension. And Lions obviously just didn't give it to him.
1: Yeah. it's just We just have guys, man. So it's not going to be that much of of a hurt if we lose Amani. But, you know, like I said, if he's playing top 10, shoot, I mean, <laughs> I don't think we can let him. Would you want them to move on from Amani if he's playing at a top 10 level? So,
2: I want to see the other guys first. Like, I want to be more sold on Jerry Jacobs. Like, yes, he was really good, but I want to see more of that, right? If I could see that, and I could see Akuda being a starter, if I could see Iffy being a starter, if I have three guys that I'm confident, confident that could be starters, and I see what Aaron Glenn could do with essentially any corner, get, like, solid production, like, I'm sorry. Like, you could move off of him, even though I love the guy so much, and you could use that money towards something else use their resources to another position of need because ag is getting talent out of corners that we're not even expecting to get talent with with not even a great front four so if if we're getting solid production still why why pay a guy because we could just keep going through the farm you know keep getting guys let ag develop them let those guys get paid eventually, and we don't have to be the team to pay them, honestly. You could do what San Francisco's doing. San Francisco doesn't pay corners. They don't pay not corners.
1: It. They they do not.
2: <laughs> and they're, they're fine. I think,
1: I think the most they paid was Richard Sherman. Yeah. I, I think that was the most.
2: Yeah, like they, they don't pay corners. I mean, a lot of teams don't pay corners. I mean, even look at Cincinnati. I think this guy is so valuable to their defense. Jesse Bates, they franchise-tagged him. They still haven't got the extension done yet. They still haven't got the extension done yet. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I want to see how they handle that. And, and, and with Amani, if they did let him walk, they'll get a comp pick for him he plays well.
2: Yeah. So no, yeah, you would. I think at the very least get a comp pick for him if you know you ro- if you rolled with it throughout the season and he hits the open market and you just don't sign him. Yeah, I think you get a comp pick for Amani.
1: Okay. All right. I mean, that's not too bad. Now going on to safeties, you know we have uh, Tracy Walker. Who do you see starting on the opposite side? Is it Deshaun Elliott or is it gonna be the rookie, um, Kirby Joseph?
2: Um, I think to go into the season if both guys are healthy, um, I I would expect Deshaun Elliott to be the the day one starter with to go along with Tracy. I, I think Tracy obviously is a lock. They extended him this off season. And um I, I think as of right now, I'm expecting Deshaun Elliott. But I think that's where training camp and preseason really comes to play because I wanna see what Kirby could do on the field. I really do want to see what he could do on the field and uh, could he make it interesting? Could he make this a real legitimate competition where he forces the situation of Dan Campbell to maybe potentially start him day one? I, I don't I don't think we'll get there. I think they're going to want to kind of just sit back, let him develop a little bit, get him in some limited snaps in the early point of the season, and uh, and then hopefully look at Kirby's a long-term piece because, I mean, Deshaun Elliott's only on a one-year deal. You extended Tracy for three years, so you got him. You know he's going to be part of that safety unit for a while. And then after that, I think, the the hope is that Kirby could be that guy long-term, but I think going into the season, I think there's a reason why they brought
1: Deshaun Elliott.
2: And and I think there's going to be a nice, healthy competition going into the year, but I think ultimately I think we'll expect Elliott to be that guy.
1: Yeah. You know, I've been away from Twitter for a while, but I did catch Deshaun's Elliott tweet. I did catch his tweet and he seems highly motivated um, about, you know, being in Detroit and having something to prove. So, I do think he could be one of those sneaky guys that have a really solid year. Um, for some reason, I have a feeling Kirby Joseph, I, I don't know why I feel like he's going to be retroated. Not really retro, but very limited. Very, very, very limited. Like He's going to be a guy, for some reason, I, I do have a feeling that he could be a guy that we look at it like at the, the snap count at, at the end of every game. We're like, man, how come Kirby Joseph not getting enough, uh, enough um, snaps? And I think it's going to be a situation like that where they're kind of like slowly easing him in. I don't yeah. know why I get that feeling, man. I think it's just because I think Deshaun Ellie's going to play really well. I mean, maybe they do some packages where they put out three safeties. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know, but...
2: I mean, I mean, I think even to mention, too, that they plan to play Ify at safety this year, too. Alongside corner, like, they plan to use him at some safety, too, this year. So, I, I don't even know if Kirby's the next guy in the depth chart. Like, if someone were to even go down.
1: Wait, Ify? He, so, hey, that, that's something that's, like, locked in. I knew he was getting snaps there. Like, uh, let's cross-train him. But I didn't you know that this is something they were planning to do, like, during game, like you we're think... gonna see, we'll see definitely during training camp and
2: preseason. We're gonna see if he gets some run at, at safety.
1: Yeah, I think we'll be able to have a better idea in, in preseason. If you see him like in the second unit or third unit, you're like wait, what the hell? <laughs> what is if he's playing safety at the third unit? And then then we got have okay. All right, I, now, I th- now we see what they're doing. I think
2: we could because we have so many guys at corner. I mean, you got you mentioned. I know not a long term piece, but Mike Hughes is here now. You got Acuda. You got Amani. Uh, Jerry might be back for camp. You still have AJ Parker. He's a nickel. Um, who else do they have at corner? Is, is that she, it?
1: They drafted Chase Lucas. Yeah, they that got that Chase was, Lucas, uh, yeah. What, that round seven, yeah. Round seven like, they drafted. Like,
2: that was like one the, that was their last pick of the draft. So like, yeah, I don't really put too much stock into that. But yeah, I mean he's gonna get some run too.
1: Um, Mark, you said Mark Gilbert already?
2: Yeah, Gilbert, like you know, they have guys, and I I can't think on top of my head, but I'm assuming they signed some UDFAs too. And, obviously, we saw last year, granted, a lot less talent. But A.J. and Jerry got a lot of snaps early on in, in you know, those, those preseason training camp games. So, um, you know, they have a lot of guys at corners. So they might, you know, want to explore if he had safety a little more. Because the safety depth on this team is not really good. I mean, you got your guys, I think, Walker and Elliott. But after that, it's, you know, Kirby Joseph. Then you got, like, C.J. Moore. Uh, who's more of a special teams guy, in my opinion? Then you got a guy like Brady Breeze, who's I think more of a special teams guy too. They brought in Juju Hughes from LA, and that's that's really about it. So I think we can I think we can expect to to see a decent amount of work out of Ife in that safety spot this this camp in preseason.
1: That'll be interesting. Man. I can't wait. I
2: can't wait. It's gonna be interesting to see like just the whole dynamic and how they li- line up this whole thing because I think we have a lot of questions on who are going to be the starters. I think, like, we know as far as the front four, like, I'm expecting it to be Hutchinson and Aquara, your edges, and then up the middle, McNeil's going to be somewhere with probably Brockers or Anderike. It's going to be a mixed bag of those guys. I think linebacker's an interesting question, too. Like, I expect Alexander Deloney to start. I think they brought him back for a reason. I think after that, it's going to be interesting. Who's going to be the guy alongside with him? Is it going to be a guy like Derek Barnes? It's going to be the guy they brought from Baltimore, Chris Board? Um, they drafted Malcolm Rodriguez in the sixth round from Oklahoma State. Um, they still have a guy like Anthony Pittman who's like, yeah, he's kind of been up and down for this team. Josh Woods was a guy that got some decent start time before his injury. So it's going to be interesting to see who's going to start alongside Anzalone. And then we just talked you know, extensively about this cornerback room, who's going to be the guys out there, and you know how are they going to work this all out. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they line up all these guys, especially defensively.
1: Yeah, I really, I really like this defense. I like what they did. I like all, the, all the pieces they brought in, um, bringing some guys back. I, I like what they did, and I think this could be a really sneaky, a sneaky good unit, man.
2: Yeah, it's not sexy. It's not sexy by any means. Like it's not your top defense in the NFL, but it has potential to be really good. Something I really like about this defense, it's really young. It's really, really young, and I think especially in the front four and the secondary. You got a lot of young guys where I think they're gonna to develop together. They're just gonna be a nice young team together. And it might not all click together, you know, day one or even year one. But I think slowly but surely throughout the season, we're gonna see these guys get better as a unit. And I think that's when it really comes into the good defense in the NFL. And I think that's where they could take that next step. Maybe not this year. But, you know, maybe next year. And that's where they could come a really, really good defense, you know. I think they can be solid right now. Just They got a lot of young pieces, a lot of potential. Um, but I think with the, the youth on this defense, they could grow up together and, and become a really good unit.
1: Yep. I agree, man. So, this, just to recap this whole episode that we did so far, I mean, the shocker that you mentioned earlier for the people who just came in, the Detroit Lions have the highest paid offense in the NFL. That was news, broken by Tyler um, earlier. That was the shock of the episode, and we talked about some offense. Talked about some defense, man. Um, shoot, do you got anything else, man? That's all I got. Like, yeah. I mean, we've been live for a little less an, than hour. an hour. Yeah, yeah, much man. An hour. We did it. That <laughs> we just, did it. That was just, good stuff. Just some barbershop barbershop talk, man. We did it. I mean, I don't think
2: we've like really broke down the Lions team and like. You know, and, and like that, like we've talked about it, obviously, but like, you know, we kind of just broke it down. Some things to expect. I think that was good.
1: I, I like that. Yeah, man. Me too, man. Uh, so, yeah, we we're at the hour mark. Yeah. Okay. Well, was, do you want to yeah. wrap this up? Do you that, want... that works for me.
2: I think we did uh-huh. a good job doing this. <laughs>
1: Good job, hey, hey <laughs> guys, guys, and you know this is crazy because this wasn't even the plan. This was not was not the plan. Um, we just been in for an hour, and we are going to wrap it up. And I know we put open mics <laughs> and you know I know some guys had some things to say. You know what? Next Wednesday, next we promise you. Well, no, I won't be here next. Next Wednesday, all right, Yo Tyler, can you and Pierre run next Wednesday?
2: I could, I'll ask Peter, but yeah, we should okay. be good. We
1: should be All good. All right, so next Wednesday, okay, we're gonna get you our questions, okay? We promise we're gonna have y'all up here and we'll be we'll able go through our questions with the listeners and we'll be able to, you know, just chat it up, you know. This was not the plan. We were planning on doing that today, but once me and Tyler just started talking about football an hour later, we're like, oh wow, we've been here for an hour. <laughs> it's been a minute,
2: guys. It's been a minute since we just talked football. We kind of needed this right now. It was unexpected, but we needed it.
1: <laughs> yeah man yeah man so i apologies um but yeah we're gonna wrap this show up
2: okay all right well I hope you guys all enjoyed this uh little talk of us just breaking down the team breaking down some competition to expect um as we await training camp which we are only now i think two or three and a half weeks away we're really close to it. we're getting really close to training camp and like uh, malcolm said hard knocks coming up so definitely excited and looking forward to that but for now That is all that we got. If you guys couldn't listen to the whole thing, don't worry. We will be posting this on our feed, so look forward to that if you couldn't listen live. uh, to all of it. And I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, y'all. It's
1: your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace.